At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC. It is a game day edition. Hornets getting ready to take on the Boston Celtics tonight. We're going to give you all the latest on the preview for that game, which unfortunately includes some more injury news. The latest on Gordon Hayward. We'll talk about that right off the bat with my producer. Producer from the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo, back here again on the HHC. And Rob, let's get right into it. Bad news for the Hornets regarding Gordon Hayward. He did not play the second half of the game the other night in Indiana. Suffered a right foot sprain. Uh, That's an injury where it can be a wide variety of lengths of time in how long it takes to recover. And this one seems to be uh, on the harsher side, at least based off how long he will be out. Initial diagnosis, a right foot sprain. He will be reevaluated in about four weeks, meaning he will miss approximately 14 to 15 games yeah you've alluded to it foot sprains are just really bizarre because there's not really a whole lot you can do with them it's not like you can have surgery or anything like that it's just keeping it elevated putting some ice on it and staying off of it so there's not really a whole lot you can do obviously it's horrific news especially with Malik Monk and LaMelo Ball still injured and already out so between those three players that's roughly 44 percent of the offense this season just based on scoring averages of those three players so someone's going to have to step up the Hornets are one and three this season when Gordon does not play which I found a little interesting just based off of how many different injuries he's had this season. He had that issue with his hand in the preseason that crept up again on the first West Coast swing. Then he had some back soreness as well. So it's a little bit surprising to me when I looked at it and saw that he's only missed four games. But again, Charlotte one and three when he does not play. We talked about it on the podcast yesterday a little bit about how Miles Bridges could be the guy to step up and provide some scoring off the bench. But 
Now he's probably going to have to get it done as a starter. And I'm not really sure if that makes a huge difference either way, just because of player preferences. Some players like to come off the bench. Some guys like to start. And then there's guys like Cody Zeller, who in recent games has come off the bench. And he's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'll just do whatever I'm told. So it all kind of depends on the player preference in that aspect. But it's going to be interesting to see how the scoring changes and who's able to step up in these desperate times, more or less, with so many injuries. It will be interesting to see how they handle it again. Gordon Hayward will be out for at least four weeks. That's the approximate timeline until he will be reevaluated. In terms of who steps into the starting lineup, Miles Bridges makes the most sense on its face, seeing that he plays the same position and is probably most able to fill in the scoring gap. But we've seen in previous instances where Gordon's been hurt, JB and the coaching staff elect to keep Miles coming off the bench as that spark and instead elevate a Martin brother or someone else into the starting lineup. And I kind of have a feeling that might happen here because the Hornets now are, as you mentioned, not just down Gordon Hayward for a little while here, but also without Malik Monk. He was ruled out for tonight's game against Boston yesterday as well. And of course, LaMelo Ball is not there. So if you elevate Miles Bridges to the starting lineup, yeah, he's more likely to give you the kind of production Gordon had, but he's liable to do it anywhere he is on the roster. And you really got to space out your scores now because you're down quite a few. So maybe you lean a little bit more heavily on Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham to pick up the scoring load. P.J. Washington as well, pick up that scoring load in the starting unit and tell Miles, hey, when you come in off the bench, we're going to be looking to you to take those shots. And that's not a bad idea. I wouldn't have any problem with that just because you're able to, again, balance the scoring a little bit just between the rotational players when those starters have to go to the bench and get a little bit of a rest. And Cody Martin's been playing some lockdown defense. And ever since LaMelo Ball's been hurt, the defense has been the calling card for the Hornets so far through the first couple of games. They've really locked down defensively. So I don't have a problem with that. I am trying to look at this in some sort of optimistic light. So if the Hornets are able to stay, let's just say afloat, if they are able to go 500 the next three to four weeks, and then all of a sudden Gordon Hayward's prognosis improves, he's cleared the play, maybe LaMelo Ball is available for the end of the season, and then hopefully you get Malik Monk back by then, it's pretty drastic. That's going to be a pretty drastic change heading into the home stretch of the season and hopefully the postseason as well. It might not be as earth-shattering as, say, the Brooklyn Nets being completely healthy, but it's going to make a huge impact along those lines just for this franchise. Well, certainly the fact that there is a window open for all three of the currently injured players to return at the season end. There's plenty of reason for optimism. It's all about what it looks like when you get there. And you know, Rob, I am by nature a very optimistic person. So here's a couple notes to be optimistic on. One, I'll attribute to Sam Purley, our good friend who does all the great work on Hornets.com. He tweeted out after the news came down that essentially the Hornets are left with the same group they had at the end of the previous season. And that group was playing pretty well at that time. So you certainly lose some of your depth. You know, I've looked at Gordon Hayward as kind of a foundational player. He brings everyone else up. He is the base of this team. So, you know, maybe the floor gets lowered a little bit on a night-to-night basis without him out there. But you certainly have an awful lot of scoring potential between Rogier and Graham and Bridges and Washington that can fill the gap. It's just more pressure is going to be put upon them. But... You know, it's not as if this group has not played together before or has not played well together before. They did it a season ago, and now they just have to rally again. 
that is the good news. It's good to hear. It really is. It's definitely comforting. And at this point, just because the rotations have been a little bit differently, it might take a game or two to get that chemistry back together, for lack of a better term. So we'll see what happens. I mean, that's all you can do. I mean, they don't play these games on paper for a reason. So we'll see how much heart and how much resiliency, a favorite JB buzzword right there, to see what happens tonight. And of course, we'll get into that a little bit later. Here's one more reason for optimism, and that is all the good work that the Hornets have done to this point in the season. They've put themselves in a very advantageous position. They're currently fourth in the Eastern Conference, and even though there is a logjam four through nine, the Hornets have given themselves some breathing room here. They have a a three-and-a-half game lead before things get started today for a top eight spot. Top eight doesn't keep you out of the play-in game, but it does mean you only have to win one out of two. You're not constantly in a must-win situation, so... There's that for you, and the stated goal for this team all along has been to make the postseason. For me, I consider being in the play-in to be making the postseason. You know, there are other opinions on that, but that's just where I approach it from. And in terms of making the top 10, the Hornets have a six-and-a-half game lead with 25 games remaining. That's not insurmountable. But it's going to take a heck of a comeback. And the final thing I'll say is, let's say Gordon Hayward is out a full four weeks and then he's able to come back. The 10 games he would be able to return for, seven are at home. It's the May part of the schedule, which has been viewed as the easiest because it's the most home heavy. And you see, frankly, more of Detroit and less of Boston. You see more of the teams at the bottom of the standings and less of those near the top so things will get more favorable schedule wise the Hornets have given themselves a lot of cushion and they have been through games with this current group of players being leaned on before and there's no reason to think they can't do it again and one other thing to look at too is just some of these other schedules of some teams in the playoff on too. Charlotte so far with 24 games left the combined winning percentage of other teams that the Hornets will face is about 485 and you look at some of the other teams like the likes of Miami has a little bit of a tougher schedule 490 and they only have 23 games to play so you have to look at how these schedules match up just because of all of the pauses and delays and postponements from early Earlier in the season and how many games that some of these teams have left to play and then you got some other ones like New York like New York's combined winning percentage with games left they got to play the Suns twice they got to play the Lakers twice their combined winning percentage of teams that they still have to play is 5-16 so it's just one of those things where the schedule might match up and might finally do some favors for the Hornets because there's been a couple of times this season where it's been a little unfavorable so at the end it just kind of all evens out team is certainly facing some adversity we'll see how they handle it starting tonight against the Boston Celtics we'll preview that game in just a moment but we want to step away from the injury news and talk about a different topic there was a new movie trailer that came out yesterday the new space jam trailer space jam a new legacy dropped online we're going to talk about that next here on the hornets hivecast hornets fans during the month of april the charlotte hornets and their official hunger relief partner food lion feeds are launching the 2021 dunk hunger food drive to benefit second harvest food bank of metro Carolina. The Bridges who throws it down with a right hand. For every Hornets dunk this month, slams it down with two hands. Food Lion will donate 1,000 meals. Terry Rozier throws it down 
over Kevin Durant. For more information on how you can help Food Lion and the Hornets dunk hunger, visit hornets.com slash dunk hunger. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you today on the Hornets Hivecast. We'll get back to Hornets basketball and the preview against the Celtics in just a moment. But want to talk about a new movie trailer that just came out, Rob. It's the new Space Jam trailer. It'll be starring LeBron James, Space Jam, A New Legacy. And one of my fondest memories from watching movies as a kid was seeing the original Space Jam with Michael Jordan. I just thought it was a tremendous movie, and I've really enjoyed now as a parent introducing that movie to my kids. My son is a four-year-old, and it's one of his favorite movies to watch in the car for a long car ride. So I've really enjoyed Space Jam. It's been a part of my life, and I'm so excited for the new one to come out, and hopefully by then we'll be able to go into movie theaters and feel safe about it, or at the very least I'll have it at home and I'll watch it with him and I'll just have a great time with it. But the new trailer is out. Before I give my thoughts, be honest, you loved it, right? You loved it? Uh, We'll go with that. What do you mean we'll go with that? What, what do you mean? <sighs> I really want to like it. I really want to like it. I really do. I love Space Jam. I thought the concept was just phenomenal with incorporating Michael Jordan and Looney Tunes. I love Looney Tunes, too. They crack me up so much. I have the original Space Jam on Blu-ray. Like, I have it. I I watch it still. I love it. But this one, I just can't like it for some reason. I just, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the plot. You don't know what the plot is. What is the plot? It's LeBron James trying to get his son back. And that's a good plot. That's it's, it's hokey. It's hokey. How is it hokey? Cause when he's talking in the trailer, it's like, you know, he's trying to push him to be this basketball player and he doesn't, he wants to do his own thing. And then all of a sudden there's this big conflict where he has to get his son back and it's just going to end like, you know, you know how it's going to end. I guess. And that's just like, you know, I always like a little bit of a plot twist. And like, I don't know. I don't like the whole goon squad thing going on. Like, I don't think you're going to have a team get compared to the goon squad anytime soon after this movie ends. Like, you can compare, like, for example, the Brooklyn Nets. Like, you can compare them to the Monstars right now. And everybody gets that reference. But goon squad just, it doesn't have the same ring to it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just old school. And I think that there shouldn't have never been a sequel to Space Jam. But that's just how I look at it. Oh, my God. I, where do I begin? Well, first off, I thought that the movie trailer looks really good. And granted, you know, it's very easy to take three minutes of a movie to make it look awesome. You know, t- just take the three minutes that look best. But I have a feeling everything on this is going to look great from the graphics and, and everything. So it looked really good to me. Secondly, the cast listed on the cast for this are Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Kyle Kuzma, Draymond Green, Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson. Some pretty prominent players. Good mix there. I'm excited to see what they look like. I think from the trailer, the only one I could really recognize is having their likeness in one of the Goon Squad players, I guess, was Damian Lillard. But I'll be anxious to see what you know that all looks like. And then a really good bad guy in this in Don Cheadle, assuming he's the bad guy based off how everything, he's the antagonist in this at least. Phenomenal actor, so I'm excited to see him. And look, you know, the trailer did a good job to me of giving us like the very basic plot, as you mentioned, his son is taken and he has to get him back. Sure, that's a kind of, you know, normal, I don't want to say easy storyline, but it's easy to understand. And, I mean, what were you expecting? For LeBron not to get his kid back? Do you want the goon squad to win? Or what do you want here? No, but, like, at least with the original Space Jam, it was Michael Jordan trying to get 
his friend's talent back and trying to get the NBA back to normal. So, And did you not think he was going to win the game? Well, no, but it just was a little bit different, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I was, you know, a lot younger at the time and the stakes seemed a lot higher or something like that. But of course, but I will preface it with this. I will go see the movie. They will get my money. And I did love the ode to D-Way's lob to LeBron in the form of Lola Bunny. That was probably the best part of the trailer. I don't know where you're, why you're expecting LeBron to lose this. I mean, it's not that, this is not Game of Thrones. They're not killing off Kyle Kuzma halfway through. At least I don't think they are. This is not a Game of Thrones thing. This is Space Jam. I thought it looked spectacular. I think there are more people on my side than yours here, Rob, because Miles Bridges retweeted it, Mello tweeted it with a bunch of emojis that look very happy to me. I guess we're going to watch the movie and you can you can wait for the Game of Thrones version where LeBron doesn't win. I, I know I'm in the minority here. I'm just playing devil's advocate, but I will go see it. They will get my money. I think it looks spectacular. What I want to see is I want to see the unexpected cameos now i don't remember the buzz coming out of the original movie i don't know how much we knew about bill murray being in it and quite honestly i think at that time given my age at that time if you told me that bill murray was in it or newman from seinfeld i would say who's that the only the only one i knew was from the main cast was michael jordan most of the monsters because i was a huge basketball fan and the looney tunes but the other characters I didn't get. I'll be excited to see who is in this one. Like, does Michael Jordan make an appearance in this? You know, who all's in it? So I cannot wait for this to come out. It's going to be a big part of my summer. And I'm not going to have you bringing me down, Rob. That's fine. I totally understand. If Bill Murray does make a cameo again, I'm all bored. I'm sold. Hook, line, sinker. End of story. The whole thing hinges for you on Bill Murray? No, but it would be a great way to pay homage back to the original Space Jam. And I'm sure that Michael is going to make an appearance at some point. It just makes too much sense for that not to happen. So if there is a cameo or two in there that's, you know, pretty well done, then... You know, I'll tip my cap. Again, I'm going to go see it, and then I will come up with my own opinion there. But just based on the trailer, again, I'm just preparing for the worst, hoping for the best, I guess. I can't believe I cannot wait for this. I am going to go. I am going to take my actual child. I'm going to bring my inner child, and we're going to have ourselves a great time watching Space Jam. I'm probably going to watch it multiple times. I'm probably going to go with my kids and then go alone later. My wife's going to be, what are you doing with all of your free time? We're finally able to be back together and do things. And I'm going to be watching Space Jam a bunch of times. So, ah, anyways, we're going to stop talking about this because Rob is aggravating me. Let's go back to the Hornets. They got a game tonight against the Boston Celtics. We'll preview it for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Buzz City, it's time to return to the Hive. There are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game. Fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at Spectrum Center because the health and safety of the team, staff, and guests is the top priority at the Hive. Be there at Spectrum Center for a Sunday matinee April 11th when the Hornets host Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks at 1 p.m. Tickets on sale now at Hornets.com. Sam Farber and a sourpuss named Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. Can't believe you were anti-Space Jam. What gives? I never said that. You're putting words in my mouth. You're lukewarm on Space Jam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to get my hopes up and be crushed if it's not good. I apologize. How is it not going to be? Never mind. We got to move on. The Hornets are taking on the Boston Celtics tonight. In case you hadn't heard and somehow fast forwarded to the back third of the podcast, Gordon Hayward will be out for this one. He has a right foot sprain. He'll be reevaluated in about four weeks. So he, Malik Monk, and LaMelo Ball all ruled out before even getting to game day. 
here in Boston. This is going to be a big game for both teams. For the Hornets, chance to come out off the injury and really rally. They've done a good job of that, I think, over the course of the season, responding to adversity, and sometimes that initial adrenaline rush can take you right through it. Hornets did so after getting the initial news about LaMelo Ball. They quickly ripped off a win streak, including two on the road in Texas. This Boston game feels a little bit like that San Antonio game, so maybe they'll have some of that on their side. Plus, it's a very confusing Celtics team. On paper, this is a top-four team. They certainly have played like that in previous seasons, but this year... It has been a bit of a dud. They've lost two of their last three, and their win was in their most recent game against Houston, who we know has not been a tremendous basketball club this year. They've gone with the youth movement. They have struggled to find wins. So it's always going to be a difficult game because it's on the road against a team that you are fighting with for playoff positioning. But this is not the same Boston team we've seen in recent years. It'll be interesting to see who comes to play today. Now, they do have a three-headed monster of all-stars or former All-Stars in Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker all coming off pretty positive games in the win over Houston. Tatum had 26 points. Brown had a double-double. Kemba Walker only 11 points but almost had a triple-double. They're all averaging 18 to 25 points per game. But when you look at Boston, we talked about this yesterday on the podcast as well, Rob, this is a team that leans very heavily on on their starting group, not just to score their points, but to build a lead because their bench has not been able to sustain much over this first two-thirds of the season. You kind of already alluded to this, and I don't want to say that this game takes on an entirely new meaning all of a sudden with Gordon Hayward's injury and his prognosis, but in a sense it kind of does because we've heard James Borrego preach resiliency all season long, and now we're really going to learn what this team is made of down three starters. It's not to say that if they lose tonight that the season is over and, you know, pack your bags and go home, we're going to have a nice summer to ourselves. But if they're able to go out and make it a close game, we know that they're going to compete. And even if they pull out this win in Boston, I think this is going to be JB's kind of, not his calling card, but he's definitely going to be prouder of this win as he was with Friday's win. Because after the game on Friday, he mentioned that this was one of the games that he was more proud of this team based on the way that they responded with Gordon Hayward's injury. I think that this one would be the new leader in the clubhouse. But as you alluded to also, yeah, the Celtics have a pretty big drop-off when it gets to the bench. And the thing that scares me the most was the way that Robert Williams played on Friday night. He played 26 minutes. He had 20 points. He was 9 for 9 from the floor. He had 9 rebounds and 8 assists. And that is some great play from center. And we've seen it time and time again this season from the Hornets that when there is a center on the other side having a really big game, things just kind of fall apart from there. So that's the biggest worry for me, which Robert Williams shows up. You know that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart are going to get theirs. And you know that Kemba Walker is going to be there as well. So between those other starters, I think it almost hinges on the play of Robert Williams. And of course, like you said, that starting five. Yeah, Robert Williams did have a very good game. I'm not as concerned with him as other centers just based off the fact that with all of the star power the Celtics have, they don't seem to run a whole lot of plays designed for him. And he's not been a normal starter or a normal big-time contributor, at least, for the entire season. They tend to lean on their big three. Williams, I think, found a lot of loose balls, a lot of put-back attempts, a lot of opportunities underneath the cup that he was able to take advantage of. His ability to do that in a sustainable fashion, at least to this point, has not been demonstrated thus far. So we'll see how it goes. I do think bench scoring is going to be a key. And that, again, with when you lose a Malik Monk and a Gordon Hayward and a LaMelo Ball, there becomes more and more pressure to get guys into the starting lineup. And I think that's the reason why Miles Bridges 
and whether he starts or comes off the bench is going to be so key for this team because they've got to attack that second unit. The first wave, the starters, they're going to have to play well and try and keep things close at least against three current or former All-Stars, but when you get to that bench, someone's going to have to go out there and dominate. The other thing about it, and I appreciate you bringing up JB's comments after the Indiana game, I don't think he will look at this game, at least I hope he won't look at this game against Boston in the same light, because I don't think it was just that they were playing without Malik Monk and LaMelo Ball and then lost Gordon Hayward at halftime. It's that their other two stars, Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier, shot the ball terribly, and they still found a way to win the game. And I think all of that coming together was a bigger part of the reason why there was so much pride in that W because they overcame the adversity of losing players and overcame a really poor shooting night that is just such a rarity. Both those guys had gone at least 11 games with multiple made threes. Both of them snapped their streaks in the same night and the team still finds a way to record a W. So hopefully they won't be going up against all of those factors because it's plenty to have to go into a game knowing you're not going to have Gordon Hayward or Malik Monk or LaMelo Ball. You also don't want to have to deal with a shooting slump for your remaining top two scorers. The law of averages say that Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham hopefully, hopefully won't have another game like that the rest of the season, more or less, or at least both of them don't have that kind of game at the same time in the same game. The Hornets did not shoot the ball very well from three on Friday. That was one of the things that I forgot to bring up in a podcast yesterday was only eight of 31 from beyond York. That snapped a streak of, I want to say 31 straight games where the Hornets made double digit threes. It was the second worst shooting percentage three-pointer wise since that loss against the Bulls. I want to say that was back on January 22nd. So the Hornets have done a really good job beyond the arc since then. It was just maybe one of those games that hopefully is everybody is cold for some reason, with the exception of Miles Bridges in the first half where he went four or five from beyond the arc. So again, law of averages, hopefully that pans out and it's either Devontae or Terry stepping up tonight. And if I had to guess, maybe it's Terry Rozier just because of a little added motivation going back to Boston and playing against the Celtics. Certainly could be. It'll be a fun one to call and we look forward to having you all tuned in for it. 6 p.m. tip time, meaning pregame starts on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ at 5 p.m. One last thing to throw in there. The Hornets certainly have dealt with a lot of adversity over the year, but for those people looking at the Celtics and trying to find a reason as to why they've struggled so much, here's one that I found in my research. Celtics have missed the most games due to players being out for health and safety protocols of any team in the NBA. They've missed 124 player days 11 different players have at different times had to sit for health and safety protocols. That's something I was not aware of, just how many they had gone through, and certainly every team in the NBA is dealing with it, but you know, it's one thing to have a game canceled or postponed. It's another to just not have certain players available. We've seen for the Hornets how difficult that can be to overcome that often on the fly and just have to reconfigure the lineup and then reconfigure it back once players are back and available to play. So that's one unique challenge Boston has had, not in dealing with health and safety protocols, but the volume at which they have done it. That might explain their record being so far off where expectations were. But the Hornets will try and keep them down again tonight, and we hope you'll all tune in for that one. Rob Longo, thanks so much for the help today on the Hornets Hivecast. Of course, anytime you know where to find me, change the desk. (laughs) 
Yes, exactly. You get back to the desk and you go rewatch that Space Jam preview until you like it. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, we'll have another edition of the Hornets Hivecast for you tomorrow with our recap of tonight's game against the Celtics. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today on the HHC and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.